Crash Program. It's easy. It's free. You'll receive a Siberian Spruce Seedling for helping out. Just bring your load of trash to the City Landfill on East Ridge Road between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. on Saturday, May 7th to get your free tree. Let's all recognize and support this year's Trees for Trash sponsors with a big thank you to ERA Carroll Realty, U.S. Bank, Wyoming Corporate Office, Landon's Greenhouse and Nursery, and, of course, the City of Sheridan. Mark your calendar now for Saturday, May 7th, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the City Landfill for the 2022 Sheridan Media Trees for Trash. Sheridan Community Land Trust and the Sheridan College Native American Student Organization will host a special discovery session, Messages from Medicine Wheel Country, using archaeological data, genetic evidence, and contemporary cultural sensibilities. Dr. Shane Doyle will describe how Native people have thrived for hundreds of generations in the Bighorns. Join us Wednesday, April 27th from 5.30 to 7 p.m. at Sheridan College. For more information, go to SheridanCLT.org. Hi, this is Brad here at Prime Rate Motors, where we know everybody's story is different. We recently had a husband and wife who wished to trade up on both of their cars, but were very firm on keeping their payments close to what they were used to. Turns out they were on the right side of the equation on their payoffs, and we were able to move back on the year of the new cars to keep them in their comfort zone on the payments. Everybody's story is different. Let us help you with yours. Prime Rate Motors, PrimeRateMotors.com, and the Super Trailer Store. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. You've been procrastinating. Admit it. Your car's been needing a tune-up, but you've just been so busy being awesome. How awesome will that summer road trip be when your car breaks down, leaving you stranded? Perhaps scheduling an appointment with Midas to get that tune-up is a good idea. They'll let you know what needs fixing and what can wait. If you need shocks and struts, you'll save up to 100 bucks through April 30th. Keep your car running safely with a few more coins in your pocket at Midas Tire and Auto in Sheridan. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by Elias and Financial. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whiting. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. Now, the mission of the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter is to be a safe haven for stray and surrendered pets until they are adopted, rehabilitated, or returned to their owner. 
This morning, I am joined by the outgoing director of the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter, Jill Moriarty, and the incoming director, Antia A.J. Evans. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Now, uh, Jill, passing the torch. Yes, just um, just as director, I'm I'm leaving in that role. Um, I'm still going to have a role. It's going to be determined as we progress. I'm to really be sure. determined. Yeah. But you will be involved with the shelter somehow. Yes, absolutely. Um, especially with the bike club and straight to service programs, I'll continue managing those in a in a volunteer capacity. You thought about maybe becoming a board member or something yes, like that. Yes, I have thought about becoming a board member. I have to be invited though, so. I can't say I'm just going to be a board right. member. <laughs> now, how many people are on the board right now? Eight right now, and several new ones, actually. How many seats? Um, we can have up to 18. We don't, oh, wow, yeah, really? According to our bylaws, but we don't. I don't think it's good to have more than 11. Yeah, why is that? Too many voices. <laughs> ah, yep, I could understand that. Yeah, Every, everyone's got to get it in there, don't mm-hmm. they? And it's hard to come to consensus when there's that many people. Yeah. AJ? Can you tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I've been in accounting for 15 years, and um, I was looking forward to a big change. Um, I'm a critter nut in person, <laughs> loved animals, own them. I have three horses, three dogs, and um, I don't know. Yeah. I love gardening, do-it-yourself projects. I'm a jacket of Jacket. <laughs> Jack of all Jack trades. Jack of all trades. She Where? can do anything, but I'm, I'm going to tell the real story of how she got it. Go for um, it. Because she actually applied for the kennel position because she was um, tired of being in accounting and didn't want to do another tax season, go through another tax season. And I saw her resume, and um, I couldn't get in touch with her, but I knew her boyfriend, so I called him <laughs> and said, can you have AJ call us? So. Now, he was the conduit to that happening. AJ, where did you grow up? Well, both sides of Germany. I was born and raised in the East. I was about eight years old before the wall came down and then um, ended up in foster care after losing my mom. And I was then continued to be raised in West Germany. Oh, wow. So you've, you've, you've seen both sides of the gambit of Germany. Wow. What brought you to the United States? Well, I went to school... Graduated high school, went to school in Germany, didn't know what to do with myself, took a year off, came to the States as an au pair, met the father of my one and only son, came back, went to college, graduated, got married to him in Germany, and then we both returned, and I've been here 21 years. And have you primarily just been doing accounting since, uh, professionally? Yes. Yeah. And you were like, man, I am... Done with numbers for a bit. I'm, I still love numbers. You can ask Jill. I said, you do the writing, I'll do the number crunching. <laughs> but um, working in accounting, and not just for one company, but for working for an accounting firm yeah. where you have an average of 30 to 40 clients, um, it's just become a bit much. And just looking ahead, thinking I have 20 more years to go, yeah. I wanted to do something that I enjoy, and I wanted to use my brain a bit less. And, is is um, that happening so far? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's happening. No. So like Jill said, you know, I kind of fell into their lab, and I, I told the board of directors, I said, I'm going to give it a try. This is not what I was looking for. I wanted to be just hands-on, um, take care of the animals, enjoy the animals. I really wasn't looking for this position, but now that I'm in it, 
<laughs> deep in it. Um, you know, I'm going to give it my all to make it work. That's fantastic. Jill, how, how big of a benefit is it to have somebody uh, like oh. AJ walk through your door? Oh, it's been amazing. And, in fact, we joke around because uh, I'm, I've even said, I wish we could just keep working together. It's just, yeah. it's, it's just been here. so easy. And what I'm weak in, she's strong in, and, and vice versa. So, I don't know that you're weak in anything, though, but. <laughs> AJ, AJ, what would you say that, uh, what have you learned in your time there that you didn't know about the shelter? Well, for one, the uh, nonprofit organization structure, the board of directors, all that is new to me. Um, and I'm in the process of learning how all that works. And then, of course, I didn't know what I would get myself into. <laughs> yeah. So for one, I wasn't looking for that caliber of a position. Um, so I've been learning lots from Jill, and that's probably part of the reason why we're still working together and I haven't been able to cut her loose. And then, of course, you know, the entire staffing situation at the shelter has <clears throat> been difficult. And um, I guess we'll talk about retention and turnover here in a little bit, but just putting the proper team together, a team that's healthy and strong. Yeah. And um, I am looking forward to that, but it's been a bit challenging. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's it's challenging for everybody right now. Uh, you know, labor shortages, uh, they go all through the gambit. I mean, from one end of this county to the other, one end of this Everywhere nation to the yeah, other. Yeah, we're hiring, we're hiring. Yeah, Signs everybody's everywhere. looking for somebody. And so, mm -hmm. I, you know, you guys are probably doing a fantastic job. It just seems to be the trend right now in, in every industry, which is just unheard of. I don't know if uh, if this is unprecedented, but I don't remember it in any of my time or, or looking back through history where there was such a labor shortage mm -hmm. in the United States. Now, the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter staff, leadership, and board members all recently attended a strategic planning retreat to develop a clear vision of direction for the future. Jill, we spoke on this a little bit the last time you were on the show. These strategic plans, these are developed over a long period of time, and implementation of these things is essentially like the lifespan of the organization. So tell me how you, how you developed this strategic plan for the shelter. Uh, would you say that you have one in hand and you guys are ready to start acting on it now? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so we hired a firm um, called Funding for Good, and they only uh, work with nonprofits, and they come in. It's a fast and furious process, um, tiring process, <laughs> but we did it over a couple days um, with the staff and the board and then just another day with just the staff because they're boots on the ground. So um, at the end, we actually had a plan, have a plan, with a 90-day accountability, and we just had our 30-day call with them. So this is not the kind of a plan you just put on a shelf and never see it again. So we actually, our plan goes 90 days and then up to a year, two years, and then three to five years. <clears throat> so, And they're actionable items with goals. And so AJ and I have sat down and um, gone over the first 30 days. And a lot of that is assimilating data. One of the biggest things is, well, first of all, we had to determine our strengths and weaknesses along with other things. <clears throat> but we had um, quite a few weaknesses that we needed to address, one of those being HR. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, so we're addressing the immediate 
you know, uh, things that need a Band-Aid in order to become a real uh, success in the end, and but or a bridge, I guess, not a Band-Aid. Um, and you know, it's it's really analyzing uh, what we have, where we are, and we know now where we want to be, which we didn't know before. Wow, which is so crucial, uh, and you don't even think about it sometimes uh, when you're when you're working for these organizations. What is our end goal? You know, uh, what direction are we heading in? And so I think this actually adds so much. Now, how do we overcome the weaknesses once we've got them identified? And how have you broken those down to overcome those hurdles? Well, I think a lot of it is um, information like the staff being educated on exactly, um, you know, what we do and why and how we compare, like on a national level. If you look at the benchmark data, only 47.5% of shelters achieve 90% save rate, which means live outcomes, animals that leave basically euthanasia. We're talking about 90% animals not being euthanized Um, because, and so we consistently looking at the numbers in the past, we've consistently been, you know, in 2019, 93%, then 94%. And, and um, this year we're at 95% live outcome. Yeah. Wow. And now, now when you, because you are a no kill shelter, but uh, there are extenuating circumstances, uh, yes. bite cases uh, where the animal is just too dang aggressive or feral uh, that you have to do, or sick. And uh, there's that's been a real, um, I've seen a real shift in the time since I've been there with the advent of Bite Club, not just the dogs that are in Bite Club, but I think um, <clears throat> the system in which we bring in dogs that act aggressive right away. They're allowed to soak a little longer, and that's because of Bite Club and having Shan come in and work with us that first year. Yeah. Um, and that needs to be ongoing. But I think a lot of those dogs previously, you they're just labeled as aggressive and put down, and and it's so unnecessary. Yeah, other shelters would have just thought of it. Well, I don't have the time, yeah. so we're just going to end this and, and be done with it. Yeah, and we're getting a lot more dogs that come in bite cases or act aggressive. I can't quantify it, but I really want to because I know from being there and walking through that side when they all come in, I know we're getting more dogs like that. Yeah. And I think part of it's because people know we won't euthanize them, not without a good shot, you know. And so I, mean, I know that, you know, I've had Shannon here a couple times and we've, we've spoken about this program uh, on a few shows, but this is overwhelmingly successful. Yes. Uh, this bite club and and reforming animals. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not even just the dogs that are enrolled in bite club. It's the whole system in place. Um, well, in Emmy, we have Emmy, <laughs> lovely Emmy, <laughs> and she's so good with all the dogs when they first come in. And no matter how aggressive they are, she just seems to get them um, to accept her. Yeah. And for instance, I was working with a dog um, Monday, which we are going to enroll in bite club, but you know, she came at the kennel at me. I bent down, you know, was like, hey, girl. And she was like, I'm going to take my head off. And then Emmy said, no, she had let her out and worked with her. And I said, okay. So I fed her and just got in there and sat with her, didn't make eye contact. And and she's going to be totally salvageable. But yeah. first impression, no way. And, yeah, there's something about Emmy. She's yeah. got a gift, doesn't she? Yeah, I she mean, does. It, and she's doing exactly what she wants to do, where she wants to do it. Yeah. She loves that job. She loves those animals. Now, uh, when we talk about those jobs, uh, retention is has been an issue for the shelter as of late. Yes. Um, the job is essentially cleaning up after animals and, and, and committing to their care. 
I mean, this isn't just we all sit in a room and cuddle kittens all day. This is real work. Do you think that a lot of people have a misconception when they walk through that door? I'm just going to be sitting with puppies all day long instead of cleaning up after those puppies, which is a full-time job. Yes, and our resource... You know, our facility with regards to puppies, our puppy nursery is, is awful. And yeah. that's an, and we're getting a lot more puppies. So, um, yeah. And HR, this is one, this was not a strength of mine <laughs> um, at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to sit here and like, okay, here's my weakness, yeah. right? It's a little rough. But AJ, AJ ran this HR numbers for me because that's involved, you know, a component of our strategic plan. I'll hand that off to her. Yeah. AJ, uh, when it comes to retention of employees, been rough on you uh, past couple <laughs> months, right? It certainly has. But I can, I want to just go back and, you know, talk about the misconception of the job itself. Yeah. We do, we do a good job at advertising and as far as telling these guys, this is what we expect. Of you, yeah. So it's not like they come in there, you know, thinking that's all they get to do is, you know, hang out with the cats and the dogs. So we're pretty upfront about that. And the interviewing process, I must have reviewed about forty <laughs> resumes and applications, and it's tough pickings. And uh, when they do come in, and we're trying to be pretty selective about building a stronger team, hiring the proper person. Um, we do reinforce the issue of this is 80% of cleaning. This is what we expect of you. So none of those people, as far as I know, since I've been on, you know, have been misinformed about right. what the expectations are on our end. Yeah. But um, 39% of our staff is new as of January 1 wow. of this year. Wow. Um, looking at the numbers, we have been able to retain 61% of employees hired 21 or prior. So, you know, we had 11 departure, voluntary, involuntary terminations. And um, like I say, but it, this is our opportunity to build a stronger team. And and that's something that is really tough to do. Uh, I know, like, in the military, it can be a heck of a lot easier. Why? Because yeah. that person's got to do it. Yeah. They signed <laughs> on the dotted line, right? But once we get back in a civilian life, oh, man, it can get a little frustrating, can it? Well, and I think, yes, and I think the, the real issue for us is, is um, because we're a nonprofit and we have a budget that we have to stick to, that makes us, I mean, we aren't with regard to wages right now because we had to pivot and become competitive with what's going on in the workplace. In addition to that, when you have eight people just in the first quarter of this year, now our, our fiscal year ends in, in June, June 30th. Um, but when you have, you know, when you're training that many people over and over, then you have, you're paying double salaries, you know, Absolutely. you're paying two people and then that person leaves. So there was absolutely no way that we could stay within budget as far as wages this year. When you get a new employee, you're making an investment uh, through training because uh, mm -hmm. that's time, that's money, that's resources. And and it's it, it can just be frustrating to watch that walk out the door over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, so it, 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 
I mean, besides sitting them down and basically saying, guys, this is the job. I mean, what else can you really do? Are you, are you pushing for a big recruitment right now? Yeah, we had jobs posted on Indeed, um, and we're constantly recruiting, actually. And we're to the point where we're going to go scalp people out of other business. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. They're on the move. <laughs> yeah. All right. When we return, we're going to continue with your Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Cause of stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Pittsburgh Paint, with over 135 years of product expertise, is now available at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Hi, Kurt Smith here. You will now find Pittsburgh Paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company. Pittsburgh Paint is a leader in quality and product innovation and built to perform for the job at hand. Now with two great paint brands, precise color matching, architectural and homeowner paints and coatings, plus a large inventory, it only makes sense to get your paint at the Sheridan Commercial Company at 303 Broadway. Open seven days a week. Compass Center for Families invites you to join us for our 2022 Sheridan County Light of Hope Breakfast, Friday, April 29th at the Ramada Plaza. Doors open at 7 a.m. and the program begins at 7.30. This free breakfast celebrates and honors our CASA volunteers who make a difference in the lives of neglected and abused children in Sheridan County. We'll also be honoring the food group as this year's champion for children. Call 675-2272 to RSVP today. The Colorado Rockies are on Smart Talk 106.3 FM. We'll take you out to the game as Smart Talk will be broadcasting most of all the Rockies games. Major League Baseball is back and on the air, and the Rockies can be heard on Smart Talk 106.3 FM. Rockies Baseball, presented in part by Sheridan Memorial Hospital, True Built Builders, Redinger Technologies, Auto Connections, and Sunlight Federal Credit Union. Smart Talk 106.3 FM. Your home for Colorado Rockies baseball. 
Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I am joined by the outgoing director of the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter, Jill Moriarty, and the incoming director, Miss Antia. I said it correctly. She's nodding at me right now. A.J. Evans. Uh, Now, have you decided on a final day as of yet? If you haven't, I can completely understand. But I got to ask. No, because I want, I mean, I may go to a contract basis, you know, like just and probably very soon. Um, But I want A.J. to feel um, comfortable. I want her to succeed in a dramatic fashion. So I'm I'm leaving that up to her. I feel that there's about uh, three years worth of experience. She's had to teach herself that she can pass on to me. And I told her that I don't want her to go until I've done everything once, at least once with her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Left seat, right seat, right, right? Right. Reinventing the wheel and starting over on your own. I don't want the organization to fail because of something I haven't been taught or I'm overlooking something that falls through the cracks. Or short-term budget concerns paying us both, you know, but I'm, I'm willing to work with that because I love this organization and right. I like where it's going now. I mean, how many how long have you been down there, Joe? Uh, three and a half years. Three and a half years and you've managed to really Maybe lift more. that place up, haven't you? I uh, mean, and and I know a lot of people don't like to blow their own horn, but mm-hmm. uh it's you, you know, between you and the director that was just before you, what you two found was kind of a wreck. Yes. And and so, you know, so, between yeah, my, Julie, Julie and you. Julie came in and found all the HR stuff that was wrong and um, her strengths, you know, very much organizational and things like that. And then when I came in, I saw all the financial things that were going on. Yeah. There were just no records. It was literally starting from scratch. And And that person had been there for three years. And so, I mean, in in three years' time, you've managed to get them to where they are now. And now you've got a strategic plan uh, to back all of that up. And to go even further. So, uh, you know, as you hand this off to, to AJ, I think you guys are doing it the right way. Yeah, um, I feel. You know, a nice, slow, but uh, uh, a practice process uh, to make sure that the passing of the torch gets put in the hand right instead of yeah, falling down. Right. Absolutely. Now, uh, will you, I've already asked you if you're going to remain at the shelter in some capacity. Uh, I, I think you'd be a fantastic board member. Hint, hint to anybody out there listening. <laughs> How have adoptions been lately? Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about uh, you and I had many conversations about the COVID time and how tough that was. Yes. We and come out of that? Yes. Um, actually, I was, you know, again, numbers, looking at numbers, but. There, that's a big fallacy that in 2019 and 2020 during COVID um, that shelters filled up. And that's why people, that's not true at all. In fact, shelter populations dropped, ours included. We went from intakes of 813 uh, the previous year to uh, 639. Wow. And that's a that's a function of not being able to be open, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, because we couldn't have anybody in. So then actually getting surrenders in and things like that. Uh, it was just more difficult, and that was true nationwide. Um, and then also the fallacy about everyone returning shelter or animals to shelters after they were no longer working at home. 
you know, I'm going to be curious to see what those statistics show in a year because that that wasn't the case with us either. You haven't seen that. You Not haven't seen people who adopted during COVID Mm-mm. bring their animals back. No. That's fantastic. Yeah. The only thing, the only trend I'm also going to be interested in is um, because of, you know, the other thing during COVID is we had no spay neuter clinics anywhere, including on the reservation um, and neighboring reservations. And I have noticed you know, and I'm sure Emmy has a huge increase in our p- litters of puppies and kittens this year. Kittens well, she's talked about it. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's why. Right. And then that skews the statistics, too, because, you know, you have uh, numbers of euthanasias and or, you know, and if you have to euthanize a whole litter of puppies, which is horrifying. But if you have to do that because they have contagious disease, that affects your numbers. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it really skews it quite a bit. I mean, it's going to be really odd. This will always be the, I guess, two years that we all look back and just say, you know, some organizations are going to look back and say, it was an anomaly, leave it alone. Yeah. And other people will study it to no end. I'm that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> now well, we're uh, back up to 780 or something this year. So we gonna... we had the South Park Mastiff, yeah. and I've been keeping up with you about how he's doing. I heard Gus isn't feeling very well. How's he doing? I feel awful about Gus. So I took Gus last week after hours to <clears throat> a dog park with my dog to work him off leash, and I make sure nobody's there. Um, and he did great. I actually have some hilarious videos of him, but... Um, he came back, and the next morning he was sick. My dog isn't sick. So, so Gus I, just picked up a cold or something. I guess huh? a virus, yeah, because he's vaccinated against everything. So I don't know what yeah. he got. But, but Emmy said he's got a runny nose pretty bad up there. Yeah, and double the slobber. <laughs> <laughs> and coming out of Gus, that's that's a lot of slobber. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I'm, I, I've told Emmy more than once, you know, if we had a bigger place, I think that Gus is just a beautiful dog. And, yeah, but I it's going to take Gus. somebody who really knows how to work with dogs. Yeah. Like someone with an elk fence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because uh, he can get out of just about anything. I take him home and I have a little cat door and a, in a, you know, a gate. And then there's a little tiny cat door. <clears throat> and I was just shutting it with a Woodrow in there. And he wanted to come with me. And he just put his head through that little <laughs> cat door. I thought I was going to have to take him somewhere and get it. You know, sawed off. <laughs> How do you just pull his skin back? I'll tell you what, that dog's got uh, more personality in one paw than some people yeah. have in their whole body. AJ, Jill, thank you both for coming in this morning. I greatly appreciate it. It's Thanks always a pleasure you. to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, when we return, we're going to speak with the Sheridan College Theater instructor and one of her students to talk about an upcoming performance. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC.
What if you had more time to manage your business operations, sell your products, or take a vacation? What if you had someone to pay your bills, handle your payroll, or watch your bottom line? Let the accounting professionals at Harker Mellinger add free time to your schedule by providing a cost-effective bookkeeping service as well as adding useful management reports for your business. Call or visit Harker Mellinger at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. And remember, the initial consultation is always free. Birds of a feather will flock together on Thursday, April 28th as Science Kids and Sheridan Community Land Trust host Unplug with Discovery Sessions, Herons at Home. From 5 to 6 p.m., Dr. Julie Reeder will share stories about the fascinating lives of herons while we observe these majestic yet lumbering feathered friends prep their rookery. Park and meet at Sportsman's Warehouse, and we'll see you on Thursday, April 28th. More info at SheridanCLT.org. Buying a service contract from Hammer Chevrolet is always beneficial, especially if you're looking to keep your vehicle for a long time, Dick Hammer. Bob, there are lots of scams out there when it comes to extended warranties for your vehicle. Come in and sit down and let's put together a well-thought-out service contract together that works for you. Give yourself peace of mind when you're on the road. Hammer Chevrolet, doing business in Sheridan since 1937. 107 East Alger, online at HammerChevy.com. Disaster can strike, and it's never convenient. Captain Clean is always on standby 24-7 to respond. From sewage backups to unexpected water inside your home, we can help. From fire and smoke damage to the unsightly mold found growing on your wall, our experts are here to help you from start to finish. Call Captain Clean today for your free consult. Captain Clean, 672-0726. Affordable solutions for healthy living. We clean more for you. Do you love what you do? Well, I do. Hi, this is Jill Bates with Best Real Estate. I have the pleasure of working with many amazing people every day, assisting them with the next chapter, whether buying or selling. Real estate is not just looking at pretty homes. There are lots of hoops, steps, and challenges to overcome, and people to coordinate to achieve a successful closing. We don't expect you to know what to do. You don't do this every day like we do. Let me and my outstanding and caring team at Best Real Estate be your guide and make the start of your next chapter a success. Give us a call today, 675-BEST. As always, make it a great day. Brokered by EXP. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. The Sheridan College Theater and Dance will present their spring play, The Hunting of the Snark. That's an odd name, isn't it? That's <laughs> This is going to be at the Y.O. Theater and Education Center, and this is going to be the first week of May. Here to talk about that upcoming performance, I am joined by Sheridan College Theater instructor, Dr. Lorian. Lorian, am I saying that right? Lauren. Lauren. Lauren Griffin Estrada and Sheridan College Theater dance major, Amber Steyer. 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 All right. I got that one. <laughs> I'm learning a lot of new names today. Uh, the big part of the job. Uh, first up, good morning and welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you. Morning. Now, uh, tell me about this play, uh, Dr. Estrada, The Hunting of the Snark. Why was this chosen for the spring play this year? Uh, the Hunting of the Snark is it's a family musical. Um, it's so much fun. It's actually based off of a poem by Lewis Carroll. Um, he wrote a poem called The Hunting of the Snark, and they created a musical out of it. So it's just this super fun uh, family show that we decided to do. Last semester, when I was out in maternity leave, the students did a show that was quite serious, 
Um, it was very dramatic, and I think there was definitely a need for our students to have some light relief and just get back to some of the basics, which are play and fun and initial some silliness. It's some silliness. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, I totally agree. Everybody can use a little more silliness in their lives. Now, uh, what what would you say was unique about this play from other ones? Um, what's unique about this one? Well, I just think, for, apart from the fact that it's incredibly fun, I think we go on this really interesting journey with the characters that are in the story. And um, what we really start to see is there's one character called the banker who takes himself very, very seriously. He's very interested in making money and he wants to hunt snark and bring it back and sell it to a zoo and make millions of dollars. And what you start to see is that when he goes on this journey, he goes with his son and a variety of other characters. He gets very frustrated um, with the silliness, with the fun, with the craziness of the of the world that he enters into when he, he goes looking for the snark. And what he ends up being reminded of are, is kind of a lot of really important things. Um, he's reminded about how important it is to spend time with his son, about how money isn't really the thing that's making him happy and how much he's really missed silliness in play. So it's kind of that reminder I think for the adults that come to the show too that whilst we're kind of really busy working and doing all those things that we have to do you know we can't forget to play because that's really where our quality of life is and and not to forget why we're doing all this work yeah you know uh, sometimes I even I get all wrapped up in what I do here and, uh, and I try to ground myself every now and then and I think this is a great uh, great play for anyone to go to uh, maybe drag, <laughs> you know, the person in their life. Hey, you need to be reminded of some stuff. Let's go check out the hunt, hunting of the snark. What's a snark? Amber, I'll, I'll go that, for you. That's a hard thing to answer because you don't know, and the play doesn't answer that for you. <laughs> yeah. It is It is an imaginary creature. That is, that is what the snark is. Maybe it's an idea. It's a mythical creature that they're searching for, and lots of different people want it for different reasons, and they do find it in the end. Um, sorry, spoiler. <laughs> we, we, we find this art, but we really never know what it looks like. There's no description of it. There's no kind of clear idea of it, and the thing about the snark is once it appears, once it disappears, and we never know when it will reappear again. I think there's a lot of hunters out there who've had a new <laughs> hunter who've sent somebody out for the, the elusive snipe that uh, lives somewhere in these Wyoming <laughs> mountains. Uh, rumor has it that it's got longer legs on one side than the other. That way it can actually walk on the mountains correctly. Very elusive animal. Uh, now, how long have you guys been rehearsing for this play? When you, when you select a play, Doc, when you look at it, is, are there times when you think this one's going to take longer than others? I mean, are there some that you're like, this one's really going to hammer my students? Yeah, and we have to be really careful about that, actually, because my students are part of a full college program, right? So we can't just drop everything and rehearse, you know, 5, 10, 15 days um, in a row. That's not how we function. So I think one thing the students learn in our program is to really spread their work out across the semester. We start working at the beginning of a semester, and we work consistently three nights a week until the end of the semester. And part of that is about teaching them balance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever want students to throw everything into a show and then feel math. 
that's not something we ever want um, because really why they're there is to graduate, mm-hmm. you know, to get their associates and move on to their four-year institution or go into employment. So there are certain shows that I know I won't take on because either the group I have are young and they're not, they don't know yet what balance looks like or I know that we're not going to get this done in the amount of hours that we have in the yeah. semester. So you kind of have to be... Um, choosy when it comes to certain productions so musicals are always more work because you're doing the kind of musical the song work alongside the actual rehearsal versus the play which is always just you know the dialogue and the stuff that's happening on stage so uh when are we going to tackle the when are we going to tackle <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, hasn't the Lyle already? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, greatest musical ever written, in my opinion. Uh, so this one's been all semester long to get to to where we're at. About how many hours? You said two to three times a week. How many hours at at a time? Amber, how many hours? Like hours? Do we rehearse? Once once we get going. Yeah. Um. So sorry. <laughs> We go from four to six, so it's two hours a day, so that's six hours a week. And then we have to obviously go home and practice our lines at home. So there's a little bit of extra work there, but it's like any other class. Yeah. Now, when you're at home practicing, uh, there's a lot of different techniques, right? Doc, I mean, hints and suggestions from everyone in the industry. Uh, what is yours? What do you like to do? Do you stand in front of a mirror? Do you have somebody watch you? What's your favorite way to practice? I kind of do a little bit of everything. To start memorizing, I stand in front of a mirror. But when you stand in front of a mirror, you start to get the same facial expressions, the same tone of voice, etc. So after I have it memorized, I don't do that anymore. And then also, if I have trouble memorizing, I record my voice on my phone and listen to it well, I'm just sitting there doing Oh, that. wow, really? Yes. What does that do for you? Um, I, I guess it gets it more in my brain than just repeating it over and over again. It's kind of like listening to music and memorizing a song. It, it just kind of helps me memorize Get that repetitive yeah. pattern. Yeah. Uh, Doc, is there a way that we can teach inflection? Uh, is, is there like a technique that you use up at the college that helps students so that when they read their lines out they're not flat well oh gosh i could talk about this for a long time (laughs) (laughs) so we have a lot of different techniques for that you can do kind of basic voice training voice for the actor training um but actually one of the things that i encourage my students to do is um we go through a process called um which is kind of based off of the original naturalistic acting technique it looks at um, objectives. What's my character's objective? What do they want? So scene to scene, you think, what does this person want? And what are the things that I'm going to do to get it? So you can go through a process of then action in each line. So on this line, I'm going to persuade. I'm going to push. I'm going to, we have these kind of action verbs that we do. Um, and then on each, you kind of pursue those things. So when you actively pursue something, you're trying to get something and go somewhere, the inflection will happen as a consequence. The motivation behind everything yeah. that we say. When you really know what you want and you're trying to get it through lots of different methods, then it comes naturally. Yeah. Rather than, I'm going to, you know, I always think about joy from friends. I'm going to play it. This is my happy face. This is my sad face. Yeah. This is my angry face, right? 
that's not effective and it's not believable because it's not genuine. Whereas if I identify in my character, I want these things and this is how I'm going to go get it, then it just happens naturally. Because Yeah, because we've all been in a situation similar. Mm-hmm. And so we can just pull back from those or pull back from the play and reach into those experiences. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Now, now. Let's talk about sets. How large are the sets that uh, go with this play? And did it, did it take a lot to, to build those? The set's pretty minimal this time. Um, and part of that is this play moves very, very quickly. We move through a lot of different locations. And it's also, for me, though, because this is we have a free school show on the 5th, so it seems at the schools, and then on the 7th it's open to the public for families. But Really, when you're thinking about your audience, the one thing children are amazing at is just applying their imagination. So we have this very kind of minimal set where it becomes lots of different things. Our main piece is a treasure box that our characters pull things out of to kind of perform the piece. They add hats and costume and pull out all their props from there. And we switch locations. We just change the locations that our boxes are in and create different shapes with that so the children know we're somewhere new. But really, it's about activating their imagination more than anything. We don't, with children's theatre, you don't need things that are elaborate because they can create that themselves in a way, much better way than you ever could. <laughs> Absolutely, it's uh, you know I think about uh, as a child watching a certain cartoon, and then you 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 develop this affinity, this love for it, and as you grow up, you go back to watch it, and you're like, wow. There's not a lot to that. That's it's because as a child, we filled in all the gaps ourselves, and we made it this big, beautiful thing that uh, we were allowed to make instead of somebody, uh, like you said, going in and just building it all for us. Uh, so I love this, this, this approach to this play. You just let the kids build the sets yeah. in their minds. And it's really, you know, it's so important. I think people don't understand. There's been a lot of research done, and there's kind of a wonderful um, educational re- uh, researcher called Ken Robinson who's kind of become very famous for passing a lot of this information on. But what he really talks about is that when he studied a lot in the United Kingdom education and what they discovered is that as children were going through school, when they started off in kindergarten, they have what's called a high capacity for divergent thinking. So we give a child a paperclip and say, what can I do with this? And they come up with 500 things you can, that you can do with this paperclip. And then when they were exiting elementary school, when they were 10 or 11, they were testing them again and they'd lost most of their capacity for divergent wow. thinking. What can you do with this paperclip? It's a paperclip. You put on, you put on paper. Oh wow, that's almost heartbreaking to hear. <laughs> so when you think about that, when we go through education, we leave our a lot of students lose their capacity for creativity or for divergent thinking. It's so important to foster that as much as as possible in the places that you can, that they're constantly using their imagination. That's why I think right now the number one or maybe number two kind of um, aspect that business leaders are searching for in the United States and they're saying that they can't find in their employees is creativity. They can't find employees with the capacity for creativity. So wow. um, we're really trying to foster that as much as we can in any place that we can because that's the thing that fuels things like entrepreneurship. It, because you know how to think outside the box and you can face uh, multiple challenges that we haven't faced before. And uh, we know over the last two years, that's come up a time or two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Now, Amber, uh, what do you do in this performance? Okay, I am a few different characters. I am the butcher, um, and the bandersnatch are my main two. Um, and I, I move sets around. I'm a few other background characters that aid. Multiple jobs. Yeah, lots of different <laughs> jobs. <laughs> now, why did you choose to get into theater? Well, um, I my entire family pretty much has acted. <laughs> my my dog has been in plays. <laughs> that is how <laughs> everyone's in that, it. Everyone's in it. Um, and I I I'm, I've always been a super creative person. Um, I, I, I'm, I just need like an outlet for it. And when I started theater, I just like fell in love with it and was like, this is what I want to do. This is it. Yeah. This is, this is where I belong. So what are your plans for the future once you're all wrapped up here? Um, well, I actually, uh, just recently opened my own theater company. Um, and I plan to do a few things with that. I still want to pursue acting, but I am slowly going into directing a little bit more. Oh, that is way cool. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to direct something, but I have no idea how to do it. (laughs) It's okay. I don't either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, there we go. Thinking outside the box. Maybe we'll come up with some different ideas. All right. Now, uh, Doc, where and when can we see this play? Yeah. So... The show for perform or the public show for performance is happening on May seventh at um, ten a.m. and one p.m. We're having two matinees, and it's going to be at the Y.O. Theater on Sophie Stair. Is there a particular reason why you guys chose the Y.O. over your stage? Yeah, so we work out of the theater and dance program. I think a lot of people don't realize this um, are actually based out of the Y.O. We always most of our classes are taught in the Y.O. That's the space we use. Um, the Whitney Center is a concert hall, so it's largely designed for musical performance. They also do some dance. Um, but the theater space in town is the YO, so my students are really lucky that they get to work alongside professionals every day. Yeah. Um, so they get tickets to see a lot of the shows happening there. They get invited in to do technical stuff for the different shows coming in. And they get a lot of kind of professional experience, which is really nice. Um, we just have this really strong relationship with everybody there, and we're so lucky that we that we have that because I think that's what's kind of unique about our program is that we get all of this experience. Whereas if you're, I think most of the programs, other programs on these theater. What is the right thing to do? This and final tone will be on both like channels Ball, simultaneously. Hey, you know. uh, Amber, uh, how many times have you uh, helped out uh, up at the Wyo? Um, I actually, right now, I'm an intern at the Y.O. Oh, how so cool is I'm, that? I'm literally there every day. <laughs> what Besides acting and directing, uh, what are some of the jobs that you like best? I only got about 30 seconds left. Oh, some of the jobs I like best. Um, I really like just, I like costume construction and design. That That's one of my favorite parts about the backstage section of theater i once made a darth vader costume from scratch believe it or not (laughs) all right ladies i want to thank you so much for coming in and talking to us this morning thank you all right this has been public pulse on 930 kroe and 103.9 fm sheridan
Building wealth isn't easy. It takes hard work, commitment, and expertise. That's where Eliason Financial comes in. Let our advisors help ensure your money works just as hard as you do. So retirement, college funds, and big family vacations stay on track, no matter what surprises come your way. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. Ready for a new career? TrueBuild Builders, Sheridan's leader in custom post-frame buildings and homes for over 24 years, is expanding their workforce and is currently taking applications for all skill levels. You'll work for a community-oriented building company that's been supporting local sports teams, rodeo, FFA, 4-H, and more. You'll be offered a competitive wage, depending on your experience with an opportunity for advancement and training. Contact Jim or Brenda at TrueBuild Builders, 752-0631, or email TrueBuildJobs at VCN.com. Mr. Trash here in Sheridan, locally owned and operated by the Hamilton family, says thank you to our local veterans. These amazing men and women put their lives on the line to protect our freedoms. Let's make sure they truly know how much we appreciate them. This message from Mr. Trash, known for reliable service throughout Sheridan County, and they're looking forward to serving you. Call Bob at 674-7240 for quality, integrity, and a name you can trust. Look to Mr. Trash. Bob and Charlotte Hamilton honor our heroes today and every day. Have you heard? Vacutech is now hiring assemblers, welders, installers, design drafters, engineers, and more with great opportunities for advancement. Working at Vacutech is much more than just a job, it's a career. Vacutech offers outstanding benefits, including comprehensive health, dental, vision coverage, matching 401k, paid time off, and referral bonuses, not to mention top-notch compensation. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's Open Opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. Birds of a feather will flock together on Thursday, April 28th, as Science Kids and Sheridan Community Land Trust host Unplug with Discovery Sessions, Herons at Home. From 5 to 6 p.m., Dr. Julie Reeder will share stories about the fascinating lives of herons while we observe these majestic yet lumbering feathered friends prep their rookery. Park and meet at Sportsman's Warehouse, and we'll see you on Thursday, April 28th. More info at SheridanCLT.org. Volunteers of America is excited to announce the Empty Bowl event is back. Join us at the Sheridan Fairgrounds on April 28th from 5 to 6.30 for great soups, live music, and family-friendly fun. Your ticket purchase provides important services for our neighbors in need. Tickets are available now online at voanr.org backslash empty ball. This event is supported in part by Sheridan Media. Broadcasting from the Jill Bates and Best Team Studio, brokered by EXP. K-R-O-B, Sheridan. 